You're listening to Uprising, the Rebuilt Student Podcast. Youth ministry isn't easy, and you don't have much time. That's why this is a car ride's worth of content to help you reimagine, revive, and rebuild youth ministry. Welcome to Uprising, the Rebuilt Student Podcast. I'm Allie, your host, joined today with Kelly and Daniel. We are going to be wrapping up our series, Student Ministry in Multiple Crisis Mode, this episode. But before we get into that car ride's worth of content, I want to know, what are you guys loving? Well, I have been loving the Bible app. What's it called? The Version Bible mm, app. Yeah. And on the Bible app, I'm looking at it right now, they have stories now. I think this started like three or four months ago, and I love it. Every day, you just open the Bible app and click open story and it's like an Instagram story it gives you like a prayer and a verse and then somebody speaks for like a minute and then you do a little devotional and then there's another prayer and you're done in like three minutes it's so really awesome. cool you just showed me that I had never seen it before I've been using it. my actual bible every morning oh, well, so I have it too I know it's just fun to change it up a little bit yeah. but so I've missed that and now I'm gonna have to start adding that to my morning yep. routine add it in Daniel what are you loving I've been watching this show for a long time, and I don't think I've ever said it as something I love. The Great British Baking Show. Ah, can you do a British accent? I'm a lot better at doing an Aussie accent than I am <laughs> a British accent. I have heard my, your Aussie accent. <laughs> my British accent tends to end up being Australian <laughs> before I finish a sentence. Let's see if I can I can try to speak in no, an Aussie accent. No, that'll be so distracting. I can do it. I just am not as good at it. Anyway, the British... <laughs> The Great British Baking Show is, uh, it's a cooking show. I mean, they bake stuff, obviously, and it's fun. They're in a tent on a British plantation baking, and um, each episode somebody gets eliminated until they get down to the winter. Mm-hmm. But it's just fun British humor, too. A lot of it's people that don't like cooking shows like it because it's... Oh, it's fun. funny. Yeah, it's funny, oh, okay. and the judges are great, mm-hmm. and they cook amazing things, so... I've it's watched some baking shows, but I don't think I've watched that one. I should try it. I haven't seen it either. Does it inspire you to bake? Because you like to bake. I do like yeah. to bake a lot. Yeah, it does. Uh, they bake really British things and like international things that I probably wouldn't. Oh. And That's very kind of cool, complicated things like all day bakes. Some of their bakes are like five hours. And, oh my. Wow. But um, I've baked a couple of things that they've made before. Wow. Awesome. Well, I am loving... As always, I've definitely mentioned this before that I love Duncan, mm-hmm. but specifically the Duncan app right now because of just the pain to going into places. You can order ahead, and then I just walk in with my mask and grab my coffee. I mean, every you don't have to wait in line. Yeah, exactly. Nice. And no, like very minimal interaction with people. Yeah. So it's just I like that. And we have one right around the corner from our office, so I stop every time I'm on my way in. I just. Grab order it. on my way and then jump and I don't think that's ever coming back where you go in and want to wait in line and order like everything's going to be online ordering now because it it's is. convenient yeah so convenient easy it is definitely well we are in the final episode of our series student ministry in multiple crisis mode if you've missed this series you can go back and listen to the past five episodes for what we've done and are doing to adapt and innovate during this time of the pandemic and black lives matter matter and other crises striking our world and we'll continue to be diving into those things with our next series but go ahead back and review these last five if you've missed any yeah so today we're talking about sacraments and Just to back up a little bit, as we've done with a lot of these topics uh, during this series, we need to understand 
kind of the theology of sacraments. And that really hasn't changed a lot during this time, even though the circumstances change. The mission hasn't changed, but the methods change. So the catechism says that sacraments are efficacious signs of grace. That's my very scholarly voice. (laughs) Efficacious signs of grace. (laughs) And they're instituted by Christ and entrusted to the church by which divine life is dispensed to us. So all that we do with sacraments, um, basically what that's saying is they're effective. So it's something that makes a difference. Something actually happens when there's a sacrament and that they give us God's grace, which is God's help. Uh, both on a large scale, um, the grace that we need to be able to be forgiven of our sins, and then on the small daily challenges of life. So that's what sacraments are meant to do. We're meant to receive them with an open heart and a mind and a soul. It says that in the catechism as well. Not that we're supposed to receive them that way, but the required disposition is what it says. So it, it's dependent in part on our res- receptivity to it. So what about that changes as we go virtual because we've been in this weird state of things for a while maybe you're out of this now but it's really been a sacramental desert or some people call it a fast that fast is really self-imposed you do it willingly or knowingly to undertake it for spiritual growth but we've really just been without these sacraments Mm -hmm. for a while Um, and we've been without them because sacraments merge physical and spiritual so what's called matter and form. So for everyone, every sacrament, there's a material substance as well as a form that makes it work. And you guys didn't know this before, right? No, never heard that. I'd kind of forgotten this, but let's quiz. All right. Okay. I have See, not looked at the answers. Yeah, well, we're going to yeah. quiz Allie and Some Kelly. Some are easy, I think. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and you can see if you pass the quiz at home as well. So we're going to. I'm going to ask you what the material substance is for each sacrament. So what the physical thing is Pop that goes with quiz it. quiz on the podcast yep. today. Okay, so baptism. Water. Water. Got it. Nice. Eucharist. Bread Bread and wine. wine. Yep. You guys are doing great. Two for two. (laughs) Confirmation. Oil. Yep. Oh, yeah. Chrism oil. Wait, what's chrism oil? Oh, that's chrism chrism oil. Yeah. Yeah. I like the smell of it. Yes, the smell's great. Mm -hmm. They also say laying on the bishops or the the delegate. If the bishop is a delegate, that that's a physical Mm -hmm. thing, too. Yep. Matrimony. Rings? Rings. That's what I... But I don't think that's old enough. Hold on. Hold on. Let's think about it a little bit. This is a tougher one. Is it? Think this is, is the only candle? sacrament no. that. I don't even think that's. Is it the people? Like how it's the, like the, the bride and groom. Yes. Wow. Good job, it's like the bishop. Mm-hmm. It's the only sacrament that's technically not celebrated by a priest. It's witnessed by a, a priest or a deacon, someone a member oh, of the but clergy. The, the bride and groom are the. Celebrants. So they're yeah they're oh, the sacrament. They're the sacrament. Mm-hmm. I've wow. never heard that, and that makes it like. Oh, it takes it to a whole new level. That's yeah. like theology the, of the body stuff, yeah. John, John Paul II. I think just the way you said it, I've never like heard it like that. I love it. Very cool. Um, okay, how about holy orders? This is a tougher one too. Is it like some of the... No. The, what's the word? Vestments? Vestments. It's not the vestments. Oil? They do receive a stole, a stole, but it's not the stole. Nope. Your hands? It's the, laying the laying on of hands because they're um, joining the priesthood of Christ, which has been passed on through apostolic succession. So it's the laying mm, out of hands. Wow. Didn't get that one. Confession. This is a tough one too. Well, then I don't know. <laughs> they don't, what would be the physical? Um, I used to take, I used to have these things I wore around my neck. No, it's not it. Nope. It's the person, the penitent and their sins that they bring. 
This one was a little oh, bit of stretch for me when I looked stretchy. it up. They said it's the sins of the person. Like that's not, that's not physical. physical. That's not a physical. So yeah. all right. I guess the bride and groom. That that's not. I mean, they're physical beings. So you, as a physical being, bringing forward your sins. Yeah. All right. And then, well, let's keep moving. All right. Sorry. This is getting a long (laughs) quiz. All right. And then anointing. That's oil. That one's oil. And you could say laying on of hands as well. It's a lot of laying on of hands here. So the opportunity here um, that we have with sacraments, with the matter and the form and the theology, all that to say, people really are recognizing their need for Mm in-person experiences right Mm now. Kelly um, just did a podcast for Rebuilt um, that was about taking your digital discipleship steps and how you can set that up for your parish. There's a lot of steps that you can take digitally, digitally, but you can't (laughs) replace the need for sacraments because the matter and form has to be there and has to be incarnational and in person to do those things. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to take prayer digitally and put some prayer videos on or have, we did adoration online and Mm -hmm. we've done prayer rooms and prayer requests and um, we've put our trying to put our, our membership class online. Um, small groups have gone online. Like some of the steps were really easy to make digital, to make virtual, but we've been really slow to reopen and offer our sacraments um, just because it's it's not easy. You, like Daniel said, you can't put those online. Um, so we've been really slow to reopen and to offer the Eucharist, confession, and in-person adoration. Not because we don't value those things, but because we just want people to have encounters with Christ. We want them to have a positive experience. Mm-hmm. And this COVID, th- the guidelines and restrictions that are in place flies in the face of all that we stand for when we say we want to be a welcoming church. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to be a welcoming church and say, you have to wear a mask, you have to sit where we tell you. You have to and have, you have a ticket to, to get in. You, you need a yeah. ticket, yeah. You have to leave right after mass and mm-hmm. go straight to your car. We don't want any fellowship, like all of those don't things. Sing. I know, it's so, <laughs> yeah, yeah don't it's sing. heartbreaking in a yeah. way. And so that's one of the reasons that we've been so slow to reopen and plan for our um, sacraments because we don't want people just to roll in and get a sacrament or come to mass. We want people to have a, an encounter with Christ. And so we, we, you know, we'd like to remove barriers and a lot of these things are, are going to be barriers to them experiencing Christ. So we just, we want to get it right. When people come back, we want them to be safe. We want them mm-hmm. to be, we want to be able to offer it on an ongoing basis. We don't want to start it and have to stop it. Um, so again, that's why we've just been really, really uh, slow to reopen. We're just taking our time and making sure we get it right. How we offer the sacraments, we believe it just really matters. Not just that they're available, but um, how they are being offered. Because whether we like it or not, what's important is the way people feel when they come to church. Faith isn't a feeling. We know that. It shouldn't be based on a feeling. But someone's feelings when they come to church plays a big role in how they experience Jesus. And so we care about how people feel when they show up. So if if you can offer something faithfully um, and make it more fruitful by creating a great environment and a great experience, then, then why wouldn't we take our time and do it, just do it really well? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So when it comes to confirmation, which is the main sacrament that we focus on within student ministry, we've had to adjust and adapt and get a little creative for this coming year. 
The foundation of our confirmation process, we say, is all about engaging the student's head, heart, and hands in their faith journey. The head is going to be now online modules that they do. Um, It's more of the catechesis side of things, the learning. And then along with that goes kind of ties the head to our heart part, which is where that happens in small groups in the conversations and the relationships within small group to dive the head a little bit deeper and engage the heart in those relationships. The heart part of it is also our retreat. It's moving um, their heart towards God through all of those experiences, through the prayer experiences that we offer there. And then the hand side of it is serving in ministry or mission. So all of these things just turn them to know, love, and serve God more. We're still figuring out all the specifics of confirmation. You know, we're not exactly sure how this retreat is going to look. We hope that we can host it in person because it's such an impactful um, moment of this process, but we're not exactly sure. So we're still going through it, but no matter what, we keep that foundation the same of engaging their head, heart, and hands and we're going to look for opportunities to connect different methods will get creative but we just have to continue to be adaptable as the situation continues to change and as we move forward yeah and one thing that we decided last year that we're building on for this year this is going to be our one bright idea that we end with today we're asking teens to do all of the communication that they can when it comes to confirmation. So we tell parents and teens up front, and we just had our confirmation info night Mm -hmm. with all of them for the coming year. We tell parents and teens up front that the teens are the ones who are responsible. We tell parents, if we get emails from you that are things that teens should be asking, that they should have responsibility for, you're going to get a standard email back asking for your teens to make the arrangements, to ask the questions, to take ownership, everything from submitting the baptismal certificate to what small group am I going to be in? What do I need to Mm -hmm. register for? Those are questions that teens can and should be asking and owning themselves. It's taking that ownership, I mean, putting it on them, but also in this new age of so much communication going to be virtual and digital, even now more than ever, I think it's really important for them to be the ones communicating. Yep. And we tell parents that we want to help them. Mm -hmm. We're doing this not to take them out of the equation, but to help them be spiritual coaches instead of personal assistants for their teens. Um, So that's our strategy right now, getting teens to be the ones that own the process and do the communication. That's our one bright idea. Well, that wraps up our six-part series, Student Ministry in Multiple Crisis Mode. Like we said in the beginning, if you missed any previous episodes, go back and take a listen. We will be back next time to dive into a timely discussion regarding teen activism to kick off our next series, Skin in the Game. Thank you guys for tuning in. We love you very much.